Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In your name, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your Traditional worship music folder, page number eight. They were in an upper chamber. They were all with one accord. When the Holy Ghost descended, I was promised by the Lord. Oh, Lord, send 
page 
tamarind, tamarind, tamarind. Well, I'm a little bit out of breath, but let's see if I can. Uh, Loading so far. The thing is, uh, oh, she's messing up a little bit. Same error again. Oh, she's crazy. And Iki, Iki said, if you could see Angel smiling, moving around, following me, and wagging her tail as I dance. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's see if I can get muster up enough air to blow this so far. Not perfect, but it flew. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, the record button's on, and I don't know what talk she was doing, so close that window out. But praise God for Mixler. Amen. Let's doors already locked and everything this time in the morning. Ain't nobody getting in here this time in the morning. So let's go in prayer. Lord Heavenly Father, good morning, good evening, and happy Pentecost, Father. We hope, Heavenly Father, that you have enjoyed your day and this new day just beginning here in the United States. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this happy day, this day of Pentecost, this day of celebration, this day of remembrance, and this day of looking forward. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for teaching us more and more about what this day means. Thank you, Father, for continuing to teach us show us things that we did not know before. Continue, Father. Please continue. Teach us, Lord. Deliver us from false doctrines. Deliver us from wrongful fear. Deliver us from legalism. Deliver us from anything that we should be delivered from, that we need deliverance from. Please be our Savior. Show us the way. Show us where we are wrong. Give us the power to do right. Please help us to withstand temptation. Please help us to stand strong in the evil day. Please help us to find refuge in you. Please help us, Lord, find peace in you, even in the midst of the toughest storms. May you always be our Lord, our Savior, and our hope, and our refuge, our rock. 
of the ages. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for you revealing yourself to us. Father, we pray for our brothers in prison, Jonathan and Martin, Augustine and Yogi. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Australia, Mr. Kiki and Peter. Pray for Brother AJ in South Korea and meekness who is stuck in the United Arab Emirates. We pray, Heavenly Father, for BJ in India, as well as a, a new person that has contacted the ministry from India recently. We pray for Jordan in France, Andrew in South Africa, Kareem in Jamaica. And we lift up to our new brother Ehub in Algeria. We lift up to you, even Garcia on Miwi, pray for his salvation. Please forgive us of our sins. And please remember all of our brothers and sisters, even whose names we have not pronounced. But, Lord, you know them, everyone. You know even our own fears and needs unspoken. And you see all things. We trust in you for help, for deliverance, and salvation. Trust in you, Father. Because the scriptures say that you are the finisher and the author of our faith. Amen. Praise your holy name. Happy Pentecost. Please help us, Father, with this service. Please help us here in this early morning in the East Coast of America. Please help anyone that may be later in the night that may feel sleepy as well as we are in the morning. Please give Brother AJ energy and good health, wisdom, understanding. May your will and your spirit prevail in us always. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God Almighty. Let's turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Praise Jesus. Now, for those that may be listening for the first time, these are the live worship services of I Saw the Light Ministries coming to you from the Great Smoky Mountains of eastern Tennessee and the formerly great United States of America. We're reading from a translation, actually a restoration of the original scriptures, and it's called the Alpha and Omega Bible, restoration of the original scriptures coming from the Greek Septuagint 
as well as the New Testament. Because when you say the, the word Greek Septuagint, you're really talking about the Old Testament. And so the Old Testament comes from the Greek Septuagint. Uh, and then the Codex, Codex of Anacanas, includes that Greek Septuagint Old Testament plus the New Testament. So look, this is taking combinations of Codex Vaticanus and other ancient scriptures, as well as the knowledge that the Lord God Almighty has bestowed upon us of the understanding of these ancient words. Amen. We know that there is a 50-day a 50-day countdown. Pentecost. In fact, the word Pentecost is the Greek word for the number 50. So it actually means 50. This is the 50th day uh, after the Sabbath that occurs, the weekly Sabbath that occurs during the Days of Unleavened Bread. So that's when you start counting it. You start counting with Sunday during the Day of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And you always come out to Sunday being the 50th day, seven full weeks plus the day after. The Bible says count seven full days, I mean seven full weeks, then the day after that. So uh, that's how it goes. Uh, now that countdown, since it starts during the week of Passover, the countdown would begin in the spring. Amen. Therefore, there must be a connection between these two holy days, Passover in the spring, that begins the countdown, and Pentecost in the summer season, which I don't think is actually officially summer yet, but that don't matter. We call it summer here in the United States uh, because it is hot in the south. And um, it's late spring. And we've had time for the harvest planet in the very beginning of the spring to have now grown to maturity. Praise the Lord. And if that be so, then perhaps there's also that symbolism that just came through my mouth that I didn't really fully realize till right now, that are seeds that we have been planting to eventually come to maturity at Pentecost in that year before Jesus comes back. Not only would it be the evangelism of the 144,000, which begins at the sixth seal in the midst of the Great Tribulation, not only would it be the result, not only would all of those souls come into Christ be the result of their evangelism that doesn't begin until then, but it would also be the harvest, the maturing 
of the seeds that we have planted in the early spring, before the tribulation. Amen. Now we'll see some fruit of our labor between now and the tribulation. Absolutely. Don't give up and don't lose hope about the seeds that you have planted. Please. Because now that the epidemic, the, the pandemic is upon this earth, more and more people are seeking the Lord. They are. They are. There are more people right now seeking the Lord than before this epidemic. Amen. And as things continue to get worse, and yes, they will continue to get worse, absolutely, more people will get serious about seeking the Lord. More people will understand, start to understand, that it is the end of days, that this is the end time prophesied in the Bible, that the Bible did prophesy of pandemics, of pestilence that would kill millions. Amen. And I watched the documentary last night, and I shared it on MeWe last night also, where the scientists are saying, and they are scientists, doctors that are at least one time in their career was well established, well uh, credited in their fields, experts. They are saying that this vaccine that they're going to rush to market and try to force upon people probably the vaccine for this virus could probably kill 50 million Americans in addition to other millions across the world. And I figured up in my head, and I know this is probably not the exact number, but probably around 15% of the population, around 15% of the population, I believe, would die from the vaccine if everybody in America took it. And that does make sense to me. It is logical. Because they would not say that the vaccine killed all those people, even if it did. They would say that they died of the virus or this or that, or they had a heart attack or whatever, other illnesses they would point the finger at, rather than admitting that it was the virus, just like they do with autism and all kinds of sicknesses and cancer and all kinds of diseases and illnesses that are caused by medicines, vaccines, shots, the flu shot, and everything else that harms people and eventually kills people if they stay on these harmful medicines. I understand that there are some medicines, even as I do have to take life-saving medicine every night, I do. 
And I've tried to do it only the natural way, and it didn't work for me. I have to take pharmaceutical medicines for right now. So I understand there's a time and a season for prescription medicine. I've always said that. Amen. But there are certain medicines that you do not want to touch. There are certain medicines that you do not want to take. Amen. And we should always try the natural route first. Prayer, faith, belief, natural remedies, herbs, apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, baking soda, and all the other natural remedies. Amen. We try those first. Let God lead the way. But I believe that there's a time coming, and it's more than just my belief and my opinion. There is a time coming when there will be more deaths from viruses, and I believe even from the vaccines as well. Now, there is a connection between Passover and Pentecost. Notice how both of those even start with the letter P in English. I don't believe that's coincidence that they both start with the letter P. One is the beginning of the countdown, and the other is the ending of the countdown. So there's definitely a connection between Pentecost and Passover. Let's try to figure it out more what the connection is. Why would they be connected other than a countdown? There's got to be more to it. In Acts 2, verse 38, this is page 130, page 130, Acts 2, verse 38. Now, when I say Acts 2, verse 38, it should already come into your mind what that verse says. Acts 2, verse 38 should be engraved mentally into your mind by now. And if it's not, if you cannot quote Acts 2, verse 38 by memory, I encourage you to write down that verse and repeat it, read it over and over. Read it every day, at least twice a day. Twice, every, 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 every day until you can memorize that verse. Because that verse is so significant. So significant. You need to be able to just spit that verse out as you talk to families and friends, people that you witness to. Amen. Acts 2, verse 38. And Peter said to them, Repent. Then each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When people say, yeah, I, I said the prayer of salvation, you should quote this verse. What do people do for forgiveness of sins? It doesn't say, kiss the black stone of Mecca. Amen. It doesn't say, just say a prayer and believe. But it says, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Amen? 
That is what people need to know. And you need to be able to quote that to them. Amen. And yes, there are other verses that do talk about confession of the mouth. And we accept, we accept that you must confess with your mouth. Amen. But we can't use only one verse of the Bible. We have to use every verse. And that's what you need to tell the people when they say, yeah, but the other verse says that with your mouth, confession is made, however it goes about confessing your mouth and you'll be saved. And other, and, and, and John 3.16 and, and other verses that they will bring up. And you, and you can say, yes, I believe that verse too. I believe all the verses. But we can't ignore, <laughs> we can't ignore Acts 2.38 because of the other verses. You still got to be baptized. You still got to be baptized in Jesus' name. You still have to repent because this verse is just as much in the Bible as all the other verses. Amen. We can't just erase one verse because of another verse. Amen. Have to go all in agreement. Amen. And we must receive that Holy Ghost as we spoke about yesterday. We have to receive that part of God that died on the cross for us. We have to receive that. But in order to receive that, we've got to first repent. And what does repent mean? Literally, it means to turn around. But if we explain what it means to turn around, that would be to stop being disobedient, to stop being sinful, and become obedient, to obey God's commandments. So that's what repent would mean then, other than only turn around. It would mean to stop doing evil and start doing right, to stop being a child of the devil and start being a child of God. Amen. To be observant to God's commandments, to be obedient to God's commandments. And then you also must be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. Now, this day of Pentecost that we're reading about in Acts, this is the major event, major event that Jesus told the disciples to wait for. In Acts 1, he said, wait, don't leave. Wait for the power from on high that I promised you. He promised, the Holy Ghost is a promise. It says, I, it says you will receive the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say night. So it is a promise, but you have to repent. That doesn't mean that you have to be fully mature. Yet, because you can't get fully mature, fully complete in Christ until you receive the Holy Ghost and live for God for years. But there's a measure of repentance, the first step of repentance that you have to make of making up your mind that you surrender to the Lord, that you're going to try your best that you are going to live different. You've made up your mind to do that, and you've made your first steps. Amen. So there's only a measure of repentance before baptism. And then you continue to repent 
even after baptism. For years. Amen. Now, Jesus said, wait for that promise of the Holy Ghost. They waited and they received it. It was the next big event after his death and resurrection. We count from the week of his death and resurrection to Pentecost. Christ died for us, and we must first accept that sacrifice. But afterward, we must rid ourselves of sin. We must observe the law, repent, and then receive the Holy Ghost. Therefore, the connection is that Pentecost is somehow related to obedience, repentance, the giving of the law, the observance of the law, which directs people to salvation. The first thing Peter said to do in verse 38 is repent, meaning to obey God's law. Amen. To stop being a worker of iniquity a worker of lawlessness, a worker of sin, a worker at breaking God's law, and become a person that obeyed God's law. That's the first step to a certain measure. So it's related to God's law. You cannot receive the Holy Ghost until you make up your mind that you're going to live for God, that you're going to be obedient to God. Amen? So the law is related to Christ as well, and the covenants of the law. And the law directs people to salvation. Now let's find out how the law is related to Pentecost. Let's turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus 19. The book of Exodus, Exodus 19. Page 107. Exodus 19, verse 1. You got page 107 there? Hmm? You do. That is fast. Praise the Lord. Why I tell you what Brittany is on top of it this morning? Praise God. Exodus 19, verse 1. In the third month of a departure of the children of Jezreel out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came into the desert of Sinai. Amen. Now the desert of Sinai would be the location of Mount Sinai, where God gave the Ten Commandments and all of the law, including the ordinances, and made the covenant compact of Compact, covenant, huh? No, not contract, but compact, Brittany. Con, huh? No. Uh, uh. All right, 
I can't get the word I'm looking for, but but anyway, he gave the covenant there at Mount Sinai. Amen. Now, it was in the third month. Now, that's very important because Pentecost always occurs in the third month, even though it will be different every year about what day of the third month that Pentecost falls on because remember it's the only holy day that does not always fall on the same date but rather we count 50 days from the week of Passover so it's always going to fall on a different date of the month but it will always fall in the third month so they came to the location of the law, the giving of the law, in that same month. Now, this was the first day of the month. Now, when it says on the same day, there is a debate among different people about what that means on the same day. When I read it, it sounds like it's on that same day of the first day of the third month they were there. But some people say, that it means the anniversary of when they left Egypt on the same date of the month that they left Egypt. But that don't make sense to me because they didn't leave Egypt in the third month. Uh, They left on the first month. Okay, so this is two months later. Okay, two months or a month and a half later. Uh, so, yeah, maybe it could mean on the same day of the month. Maybe it could mean the same day of the month. I don't know. But if we take it as being the first day of the month, then it fits better about the timeline of Pentecost. And the Jewish legend is that, yes, they were receiving the law of God on the day of Pentecost, according to Jewish legend. Now, we know that Jewish legend and Jewish traditions is not always correct. But since it was the third month, however we interpret what it means about the same day, we know that it was pretty close to Pentecost, at least pretty close. And if we take it as being the first day of the month, then it fits even better. Because if it's the 15th, because they left Egypt on the 15th of the first month. And if this is talking about the 15th of the third month, then that would be a little late for Pentecost because Pentecost can never fall any later than the 16th of the month. And some people even say, it cannot fall any later than the 11th of the month. That might be actually more accurate. So if Pentecost can't fall any later than the 11th day of the third month, and this was the 15th, then Pentecost was two days ago after, by the time they got there, that Pentecost was already over with. I don't think it was already over with. Because it wouldn't make sense for Pentecost to already be over with. Because I'm going to show you several ways of how the receiving of the law of the Ten Commandments had several connections 
with what happened in Acts 2. And I never saw this before until last night, and it is amazing. Now, let's go over a little bit of this. Now, the connections between the Mount Sinai Covenant and the Pentecost of Acts 2, and this is comparing Exodus 19 and Exodus 20 with Acts chapter 2, what they have in similar, in comparison. At Mount Sinai, the giving of the law was the consecration or devotion of Israel as his chosen people, the first fruits of that day and that time. In Acts 2, Pentecost symbolizes a great increase, a harvest of salvation, a harvest of souls, as also being first fruits, a beginning. Amen. A beginning harvest, a great harvest. Amen. Well, Mount Sinai was that. It was a great beginning harvest of the nation of Israel. So that has those two things in connection between Acts 2 and Exodus 19. In Exodus 19 and 20, God says, on the first three days after they arrived, wash yourself, sanctify yourself, which was symbolism for repentance. Okay, so I'm going to add that to the list. Okay, so write it down. If you printed this out, I'm going to have to write that to the list. If they wash themselves for three days, in Exodus 19, washed in Exodus 19, uh, yeah, verse 10 and 11 and so forth, that whole section there, they wash themselves. And if they washed themselves, that was a symbolism for repentance. Now, the giving of the law didn't start until the third day or the fourth day after they arrived. So if they arrived on the first day of the month, and then they washed themselves for three days, then the Ten Commandments would have been given on either the third or the fourth day of that third month. But after the Ten Commandments began to be given on that third or fourth day of the month, God continued to speak. He didn't speak for only one day. He spoke the Ten Commandments, and then the people said, we're afraid. Let Moses talk to you and let Moses tell us what you said. And then God talked to Moses for 40 more days. So if, if Pentecost wasn't on the third or the fourth of that month, then it might have been the fifth or the sixth or the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, or eleventh. And you can't go past the eleventh for Pentecost. And it would have fit within those within the 40 days that God was still given the law. Unless Pentecost was earlier that month and could have possibly failed on the third or fourth day of the month. But let's go back to the symbolism. And that is that they wash themselves, and then that is a symbolism for washing yourself of your sins. That's symbolism of Passover. That's symbolism of communion. That's symbolism of repentance. 
of getting rid of your formal sins. Then the next connection is that at Mount Sinai, it was a given of the law as part of the Old Covenant, whereas Acts 2 is a given of something, the given of the Holy Ghost, as part of a new covenant, both of the holy days of uh, Passover. Passover is also about a covenant because we take communion to say, Lord, I enter into your covenant. Uh, I accept you as my Lord. I am your citizen. I I belong to you. You belong to me. The holy days brand us with ownership. It is an entering into a covenant at baptism. It is entering into a covenant and reaffirming that covenant at Passover communion. And every holy day and every seventh day is an affirmation of the covenant. So both Passover with the blood of Christ being the new covenant and the giving of the Holy Ghost is also part of that new covenant, amen? And we know that the old covenant was given in Exodus 19 and 20 and 21 and so forth. So both of them deal with covenants, one old and one new. Then we turn the page over here, and Exodus 19, verse 18, talks about God descending on the mountain with a great noise and trembling and with fire. And yet in Acts 2, we see that the promised Holy Ghost descended like God descended on the mountain. The Holy Ghost descended upon the disciples with a great noise and with tongues of fire. So there was fire in Exodus 19.18. I'm going to read that. It says, the Mount of Sinai was totally on smoke because the Theos had descended upon it in fire. And the smoke went up as the smoke of a furnace, and the people were exceedingly amazed. We know that in Acts 2, the Holy Ghost descended, and there was a great noise, and there was tongues of fire. So there's fire, the presence of God, in both times, and a great noise in both times. The next connection is thunder. In 1916, Exodus 1916, there was thunder and a very loud trumpet sound. 1916, and it came to pass on the third day of their washing, as the morning uh, drew near, there were voices and lightnings and a dark cloud on Mount Sinai, and the voice of the trumpet sounded loud, and all the people in the camp trembled. And in Acts 2, we know that there was a sound of rushing wind. So there in both places, there was a special, unordinary sound. Amen. Fire and sound. And the descending of God and a part of a covenant and repentance. All these different things. And then finally, in both events, uh, oh, I will also mention the tongues of fire being the fire given on Pentecost in comparison to the fire on the mountain in Exodus. Then finally, both events, the crowd was amazed. The crowd was at all. They were amazed. And Mount Sinai and all the people 
deceived the thunder and the lightning, the, the sound of the trumpet, the smoke, and they trembled and stood at a distance. In Acts 2, the crowd was amazed and astonished at the sound, the tongues of fire, and the speaking of tongues. So in both places, there is an overwhelming response in the crowd because there is a supernatural event occurring, the presence of God, with fire, with sound, surely with wind if there's going to be thunder and lightning and a trumpet and all these things, surely there was even wind in both uh, locations. So if you have all these connections between Exodus 19 and Acts 2, then I think it's pretty clear that it would have been at Pentecost, no matter how we try to figure out the dates. It's hard to try to figure out the dates of something that happened something like 4,000 years ago, okay? So regardless of how our human calculation determines, the symbolism between the two events tells you it had to have been Pentecost, and the Jewish tradition has to be right in that particular case. Amen. Now, there's one more thing, and that we'll go over to Numbers 11. For that, Numbers 11, that's page 170. Page 170, Numbers 11, verse 24. Numbers 11, verse 24. Moses went out and spoke the words of Jesus to the people. And he gathered 70 men. Wait a minute, let's see. Yeah, we got to read all the way down to there, all the way down to verse 29. So Moses went out and spoke the words of Jesus to the people and gathered 70 men of the elders of the people. And he set them around about the tabernacle. And Jesus came down in a cloud. Now, this was the second year, okay? We was talking about the first year, the third month. Now it's talking about the second year and third month, okay, after they had left Egypt. And this time Jesus came down in a cloud and spoke to him and took of his spirit, Jesus' spirit that was upon him, and put it upon the 70 men that were elders. And when his spirit rested upon them, they spoke divine words, making, meaning that they spoke in tongues, and then they ceased. They spoke in tongues for a certain period of time and then stopped. So we talked about that before. We had a sermon last year about the speaking of tongues in the Old Testament. Okay? And this is when that happened. Uh, and there were several other occasions as well, like it lists here in 1 Samuel. Now, verse 26 here says, And there were two men left in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Modad. And his spirit, God's spirit, rested upon them. And these were of the number of them that were enrolled, listed, but 
they did not come to the tabernacle, and they spoke divine words in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses and spoke, saying, Eldad and Modad spoke divine words in the camp. And Joshua, which is actually Jehoashia, the son of Nun, who attended to Moses or assisted Moses, the chosen one, said, My leader Moses, forbid them. And Moses said to him, Are you jealous because of me on my account? But I would that all Jesus' people were prophets whenever Jesus shall put his spirit upon them. In other words, Moses did not forbid speaking in tongues. Even inside the congregation or even outside the congregation, he did not forbid speaking in tongues. And and he said basically that he would he would like to see everybody uh, manifesting God's presence upon them and being prophets and and um, exhibiting you know basically God's presence upon them. Not that we're required to speak in tongues, but just that Moses was not proudful. Amen. He was humble. The Bible says that Moses was humble. Amen. I believe it even says the most humble or very humble or something like that. So that shows the perfect example of that. Amen. Now, like I said, this was the second Pentecost after leaving Egypt. So here is speaking of tongues on Pentecost. The reason I know it was Pentecost it's because you read the note in verse 29. The note in verse 29 says, This speaking of tongues, here in Numbers 11, most likely occurred on the day of Pentecost. Numbers 10, verse 11, there was a date given for a prior event. And the date is the 20th day of the second month. In the second year, after they had left Egypt. The day is then followed by descriptions of two trips. Trip number one is from Acts, I mean, from Numbers 10, verse 12, all the way down to verse 28. And then the second trip starts in Numbers 10, verse 33, and that one lasts three days. We don't know the length of the first trip. Then we eventually come to the occurrence of this speaking of tongues here in verse 24 to 27. Pentecost is the only holy day that is not always on the same date in God's calendar year. Because the date is determined by counting 50 days from the weekly Sabbath that occurs during the festival of unleavened bread. Therefore, Pentecost will always occur, it says here, between the 6th and 13th day of the third month. But what I read last night is that it won't ever fall any later than the 11th. I don't know if that's absolutely true, but it could be. So either the 11th or the 13th would be the latest that it could probably fall on the third month. Now, if, it, if, if the 11th is the latest, then I probably should put from the 4th, since we would be backing up two days, from the 4th of the month or maybe even the 3rd of the month, until the 11th. So it might be best for me to put from the 3rd to the 13th and make it the most expansive 
uh, to include any possibility. If you want to include any possibility, then maybe it would be from the 4th to the 13th of the third month, not the Roman calendar. Now, if both of these mentioned trips lasted three days each, which is not likely, then the date of the speaking of tongues would have been on the 26th of the second month. But that's not likely that each trip lasted three days each. It is very likely that the first trip was much longer than three days, but not longer than two or three weeks. And this means that it is very likely that the speaking of tongues in the time of Moses did actually occur on the date of Pentecost. I would say uh, extremely likely, extremely likely. Amen. Amen. So, like Kiki said, history does repeat itself, especially biblical history and, and things that are a symbolism, amen, and things occur on the same date within those symbolisms, amen, just like the last few years, how we have constantly every year, the last two or three years, seen huge symbolisms on current because it's pointing toward a future event, amen. So you would have this. It makes complete sense. The timeline does fit in that. And uh, so it's extremely, extremely, extremely possible and likely that this was Pentecost, the second Pentecost. Now let's turn one last Bible passage. Let's go to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse 17, H10, Matthew 5, verse 17. Let's add Chandler in Texas to our prayer list as well. Brother Chandler in Texas, he is blind. And his girlfriend is blind and had a great conversation on the phone of him, I believe, last week, last week or two. And um, I hope that he'll continue to come along and get involved in the church as well. Pray for him. I really enjoyed talking with him. I feel like he's a really good guy. So let's pray that he will continue in the truth and grow in the truth as well. Amen. Get in here with us. Matthew 5, verse 17. Do not think that I came to abolish or destroy or do away with the law. And he's talking about the law of the Ten Commandments or with the prophets or prophecies. I did not come to abolish, destroy, or do away, but to bring to fullness, to bring to fullness. Now, a lot of people think bring to fullness means do away. But he just said, I did not come to do away. So it can't mean to do away. To bring to full is to fill the glass up. 
not pour it out. Amen. Fill the glass up. Amen. To bring it to what it really was always meant to be. Amen. To bring people to a complete, full understanding and obedience to how the law was always, originally, always really meant to be. Amen. And also to bring the prophecies to fulfillment, fulfill. Amen. To fulfill, to bring the prophecies to life, not to do away. Amen. Therefore, when we come to Pentecost, it is bringing the holy days to fullness of what they mean, to teach us what they mean, and to fulfill the prophecies, not to do away with the holy days, amen? And that law was given at Pentecost in Exodus 19 through the rest of Exodus during those 40 days that would have included Pentecost. But then Christ came on Passover to fulfill Passover, to be the Passover lamb, not to do away with it, but to bring that symbolism of the Passover lamb that they used to have to kill a lamb every Passover, to bring that symbolism to the fullness, to bring us a, a lamb without spot, a sacrifice without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, a sacrifice without any sin, without any flaw, without any defect, to bring us the perfect sacrifice for our sins, to bring that to the fullness, and then after that, to not only die for our sins, but to not leave us orphans, but to come and live inside us, which is Pentecost, to live inside us so that we would have empowerment from on high, the power from on high, to give us empowerment to obey the law and to understand the scriptures, to understand the law, to understand God, to know God, to go behind the veil to go into the inner chamber, to have an intimate relationship with God, to really and truly know him. And even though we reverence him with fear, we're also his friend. And even though we are his servants, we are also his brothers and his sons and his daughters. Amen. So you see how when Christ came, to bring Passover to a fullness. He didn't do away with it. And at Pentecost, he continued to bring even more fullness. And we are to be filled up with his Holy Ghost. Amen. And overflowing. Amen. So as we keep Pentecost this year and every year, let us remember 
that Pentecost represents the presence of God. That God descended on the mountain, gave us the law, but then Christ descended as the perfect sacrifice for us. And then that brings us to a count of 50 days. The anniversary of the law, and today is the anniversary of the law. But it's also the anniversary of a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost, which empowers us to be able to obey the law even better. After we have already accepted his sacrifice, he needs to give us the fuel that we need, the empowerment that we need, the energy that we need to resist the enemy. As that song we sung at the beginning today, if you're thirsty and dry, raise your hands to the sky. It's beginning to rain, and the rain was pouring down at Sister Kiki's house. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost gives us understanding of the law, understanding of the scriptures, understanding of God, and empowerment against sin. The Holy Ghost gives us spiritual giftments, spiritual gifts. As we keep Pentecost each year, let us remember that Pentecost represents the presence of God, his Holy Spirit, his Holy Ghost, his covenants, his laws, his commandments, and the empowerment to keep his commandments. It's not impossible to obey God. I've heard Babylon say many times, it's impossible to obey God. They are such fools. It's not impossible to obey God if you have God's presence in you. Amen. And it also foreshadows a future great increase in the number of people saved and brought into the church. I can't across to come. Amen. And the opening of the sixth seal at that time. Prophetic foreshadowings. Very important. Prophetic foreshadowings. And the, the fact that there's at least five holy days in the end time prophetic timeline proves that we should still be counting the days and that we will be counting the days. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for helping us understand more about Pentecost, the anniversary of Pentecost, what happened at Pentecost, and the connection with Passover, both being part of your covenant with us, your people, your citizens, your army. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Father, for our brothers and sisters. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Ghost. Happy Pentecost, Father, and we pray, Lord, that you give us strength and empowerment. Pray, Lord, for more of the Holy Ghost. Please help us, Lord. Please empower us against sin. Please empower my mind and my heart against sin. Please help us to turn down temptation. Please help us to stand firm against all the adversary, all the tricks of the adversary, all the 
fiery darts, all the temptations, all the deceptions. Please help us to stand firm, Father. Please give us more of the Holy Ghost. Please help us to hear your voice more clear, more strong. God help this entire congregation. Praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Happy Pentecost, Brother Kareem, AJ, Kiki, everybody that will be listening later. And I encourage you that if you was not tuned in live to this live worship service for whatever reason, in other words, if your name is not AJ or Kareem or Kiki, whenever you do listen to this, please text me, call me, message me, email me, do something to let me know that you did eventually listen to this Pentecost. High Holy Day. How can anyone not listen to the High Holy Day sermon? Now, I understand some people may have internet problems, electric problems, and that we understand if that is the case. But otherwise, how can anyone not listen to the High Holy Day sermon? Amen. Praise God. Well, I'll tell you what, I am so, 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 so sleepy. I thought maybe I'll stay up all day, get to bed early tonight, and then try to get up early tomorrow and every morning from now on, maybe. It's what I was thinking last night, but doing is much harder than thinking. But I sure would like to get my body clock readjusted. Amen. Hey, we got some homemade liquor to break into, Robert. What do you say? It's not homemade liquor, but it's homemade uh, spiced up liquor. (laughs) So, one of my favorite drinks is called uh, Zombie. And uh, my other, I better not say the name of the other one. Uh, yeah, Sister Kiki, I would love to see the rising of the sun. I was supposed to see it this morning, but uh, this sleepy head didn't get up in time to see the rising of the sun. I wanted to see it. I did plan to see it. I love sunrise and sunset both. It'd be nice to see every sunrise and every sunset every day. That would be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Man. That sounds good, Sister Kiki. Made organic lemon and honey tonic. That does sound good. Man. I wonder why anybody else already ate today. And I don't know what we're going to eat. I didn't plan it out. But we'll have something. We have some really great spaghetti. Yeah, she made some awesome spaghetti yesterday. Amen. So, see what we have today. Wonder what Brother AJ 
had to eat today. I hope you had a good meal, brother. Pay for meekness over there in the middle of Islam land. It's got to be tough on him. Don't forget to pray for meekness every day. No, there's a lot coming up this year. Got to be strong. Stay prayed up, people. Stay prayed up. He says she had a big feast, banana bread, a banana something roll, banana roll, banana bread. I have banana bread every day because I bought some in the store little prepackaged cakes, uh, tons of it. We bought, Robert and I bought tons and tons and tons of prepackaged banana bread. And it's really good, and this particular kind is very nutritional. Good snack with my coffee every morning, every afternoon, whatever. I know that homemade must be a lot better than the store-bought processed food. Now, Cincinnati radio station update is I've decided to let the Cincinnati radio station uh, go. Uh, I just feel like it's not bearing any fruit. It's a waste of money. So I will be ending that by the end of June. They said they would let me have the month of June for free. God bless them. Uh, but I still, after June, it's just got to stop. The money is not producing any fruit in Cincinnati, so it's time to use that money elsewhere, and we could sure use it elsewhere. Amen. So, um, God will provide uh, more brothers and sisters. Remember, don't give up. More people and more people are going to be seeking the Lord as things get worse and worse and worse. It's very likely that every one of us are going to have brothers and sisters even before the 30 days, even before Passover, even before the Great Tribulation, even before the Strong Delusion, because people are going to start seeking more and more over these next few months, as bad as things are going to get. People are going to be seeking answers. And plus, we're going to have that Spanish translation up going pretty soon, and that's going to bring a lot of brothers and sisters all across America, Mexico, Central America, South America, and um, who knows, there might even be Spanish-speaking people in Korea and Australia, so it could even reach them as well. Nothing is impossible. Amen? Uh, you've got Spanish-speaking people in the American military station in Korea, I'm sure. And uh, the Spanish-speaking people all across the world. Amen. God is good. God is great. And the congregation said, Amen. Amen. See you later, alligator. phone. That talk, she's completely dead on me this morning. 
Now here's the top of your phone. Phones. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 